0: Women Taking the Lead, Episode 65. My mom used to say when I was growing up, I was a young reader, early reader. She used to say, if you can read, you can do anything, which just actually isn't true. So, (laughs) really, I've changed that myself to, if you can rely on others, you can do everything you dream.
1: Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Dr. Rebecca Jorgensen, who is the director of a training institute and founder of several training businesses. Becca has a Ph.D. in clinical psychology and advanced certifications in love science. She is a relationship expert and is passionate about helping couples have rock-solid relationships, helping men and women understand each other and develop secure attachment. As a certified trainer of emotionally focused therapy, or she trains therapists around the world how to have successful couple therapy practices. She's a therapist and sees couples for intensive treatment in Baja California, where she lives. Becca, that's only a
0: little intro for everyone. So tell us more
1: about you and your own humble beginnings. Oh
0: thanks, Jody. I'm so excited to be here. And I've come a long way because really when I started out so humbly from parents. Uh, My father was a high school dropout, and my mother got an AA degree. She was a lifelong learner eventually. She got her AA, but they always instilled education, us getting education. But there was a period of time time when um, I was single parenting four children, and I didn't have a career, and I didn't have a way to really produce income. I had kind of a work ethic. Um, but I was kind of lost, even so much so without financial support that I was part of a group called Gleaners, where I lived, and this group was organized, would go around and get the day-old bread from the grocery store, get the, the outdated products from the store, all meet together at someone's house, and then distribute them to all of those of us who are kind of in these poverty, desperate sort of situations, I'd take my little kids out, to the fields. We lived in a farming community and we would glean the fields. That's where this organization name came from. We'd go out and pick the leftover fruit, the leftover, the vegetables, anything that we could kind of find to go home to have enough to eat. Wow.
1: And and what I know of you now, Becca, is now you're traveling the world, training people (laughs) in in your expert areas. Like it's almost unfathomable to me that that those were your beginnings. So clearly, you've had tremendous success in your life, and you've definitely gained confidence. Um, but take us back to a time when you were playing small, and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned.
0: Well, I was playing small. My life was really small and very stressful and very difficult. I can remember a time when I had got a nice job, it was I was getting my education and I was working at the university and I had a pretty secure job at the time. And I remember being on a phone call with someone who became very abusive towards me. They didn't like what was happening. They didn't like the boundaries that were being set. And I can remember apologizing about 10 times before I hung up the phone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I have to get off the phone right now. I'm so sorry. Um Clearly, I didn't have a voice, and I didn't feel empowered, and I didn't even feel like I could kind of stand up and not take really bad treatment.
1: And what was it that you learned
0: that you've applied now? So now, uh, well, it's such a contrast. I, I've just grown that, to find how important it is to have a voice and to be able to speak up and to have safety in our world, how to rely on people in a way that we have safety, such that I, I was in a van the other day, I was traveling in San Francisco, and the van driver accidentally hit a car, a parked car, sideswiped it, and then left, was leaving the scene. And I was in the back of this van with a bunch of other people, nobody was saying anything as this guy took off and didn't follow the law. And I, I kind of said from the back seat, you've got to stop. That's not okay. In fact, if you, and he said, no, no, no. We went around, around three or four times. And finally I said, if you don't stop right now, I'm calling the police. And he still didn't stop. And I called the police. And it was really great to be able to stand up for the right thing, help protect someone else who was getting a bad deal, and be assertive in a situation that was kind of scary and where nobody else was saying anything. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine because you
1: were one of many travelers in this van, I imagine. And so everyone wanted to get to their destinations and so wasn't saying anything. They were willing to go along with the fact that this gentleman had broken the law because that's essential. that's a hit and run. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know? And it was legal. And even if after you stood up, he wasn't willing to, um, own up to it. No, and go he was back. just saying,
0: I'll just take you where you want to go. You know, basically I'll get rid of you and go on my way. And right. <laughs> I said, no, that's not what that's not is what's happening. We're stopping. You've got to stop. You've got to go back. I'm not getting out of this van until you go back. And I had to get the police on the phone before he would do it. You
1: know, and what I like about what you said, Becca, also is you told him what the consequences were going to be. Right, if he didn't go back, Mm -hmm. and then you followed through on them. And that's so huge and that's so important. I think sometimes we throw out consequences and we don't follow up and we feel worse afterwards because of that, because we let ourselves down.
0: That's right. Um, So, you know, it's stepping forward, having a voice, being really clear about what's right and wrong, being willing to stand up for what's right, and being willing to follow through with accountability. Those are really important things that I've learned across my career
1: yeah they're huge okay now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success
0: well I went back to school I got my PhD I was working in university systems really loved to teach and also in counseling centers having joint appointments and i have always in systems that have been quite dominated by men and Although I did was involved in organizations where I was also being able to develop my own leadership, be leaders, be a vice president, be president, those kinds of things. So I was at a university who started to change the deal on the faculty for our contracts. And fortunately, I was in a position where I can remember going to the president of the university, asking for an appointment and going over my contract and saying, I came here because you... The university promised these things. And now, you know, you're changing the deal. And this is not fair compensation for the changes that are happening. And he said, well, you know, I'm a, I apologize. It was great. It was a very nice meeting, but I was able to be assertive. And they weren't going to honor the original contract or fair compensation for that. And I had been a successful business owner on the side before or by myself before. And I just decided, I conferred with my husband and we just decided I didn't need to live in an unfair feeling taken advantage of. That wasn't a good thing for me to be in a situation where I felt taken advantage of. And so I turned in my resignation and I walked away and opened up my own company. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's so awesome. And you know, Becca, what I'm what I'm hearing in, in both of your stories and even your background, you're one, you don't how do I want to say this? You you don't tolerate a lot, right? I think what, what I, I've seen with um even in myself and other women, you know, we maybe get a raw deal or things aren't going the way we want to, but instead of taking action and taking ourselves out of the situation, we suck it up and try to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. Or we make excuses for why there was nothing we could do, right? In that situation with the driver, who wouldn't stop? You could have easily said, well, he didn't listen to me. There's nothing I can do. Mm
0: -hmm. Or maybe I'll call the police later, right? Yeah, I think it was because I came from a place where I did that so, like, so much. To the extreme, so much. You know, that I was this little mousy person who couldn't even hang up a phone because I was worried about hurting the other person on the other side or Their feelings are that it was inappropriate to interrupt someone. It had all these restrictions. And it was to such an extreme that hopefully I haven't counterbalanced that to too much of an extreme on the other side. I'm sure I did for a while, you know, where I wouldn't tolerate anything. And um, so I think there's a center balance around seeing other people's point of view and also really knowing where you are and having a voice for where you are and standing up for the right thing.
1: Yeah. And I think in the stories you shared, you definitely had a nice approach. (laughs) There was there was no um, abrasiveness Mm -hmm. in how you approached either situation. So I don't know how you were before, but I think you've definitely come a long way where you are able to stand up for what's right, but do it in a very professional and respectful manner. And where, where I'm going to, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is you've learned that you can
0: speak up for yourself and bad things don't happen i could i could speak up for myself bad things don't happen and i don't have to be angry to do it you know on that same van drive jody going after he stopped and he did the appropriate things left his name and phone number and all of that and when the van driver went to drop me off at the hotel he actually hit a pedestrian <laughs> oh no yeah he um so he was clearly sh- shaken and he hit this pedestrian didn't hurt the pedestrian but the pedestrians reaction even though he wasn't hurt was to start to scream and shout and swear and it was really profane just lost it you know he, he lost his temper even though the van just barely tapped him and they kind of really walked into each other it was less than if you'd walked into somebody on the street that the impact of the van on the pedestrian and he just completely lost it you know his temper and any composure that he had, any kind of moment of self-respect. And I, I do have that sense that we can stand up and be assertive. We don't have to be aggressive. We don't have to be angry to claim our spot. I love
1: that. That was the lesson right there. Okay. Becca, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We're all different. And so we're going to lead differently. And that's great. So how would you describe your leadership style?
0: Well, it's evolving. I'm used to be I'll just do it all myself because I didn't have a sense I could rely on anyone. But really, that's been so evolving over the last five or 10 years so much that I really am developing into a more of a collaborative leader. I think it's really important to be inclusive to honor all team members, to let everyone do their part. Yes, and offer to offer support around the board to collaborate and not to control. So I think that's uh, much more my style now. Mm, definitely hear that.
1: And what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about?
0: There are so many exciting things happening all the time that, that uh, what I really am excited about, of course, is podcasting and Periscope, these new like, starting into these new kind of uh, formats of reaching people. But going back to collaboration, The the one project itself that I'm most excited about is a collaboration I'm doing with National Marriage Seminars and a program called Couple Strong, and that's a way to get more good messages out to couples, to marriages, and to help them find therapists and workshops that really can provide help to them from people that are trained to provide that kind of help.
1: And Becca, how is this different from maybe some other programs out there for couples?
0: Well, I think the level of training that's involved, couple therapy is its own unique field, its own unique form, and many, many therapists provide couple or marriage therapy without the appropriate training, and it doesn't work. We just know from lots of research, you may, there may be a unique therapist here or there that is helpful. To couples without a specific model, but by and large, couple therapy isn't helpful unless someone gets with someone who's trained with a therapist who's actually trained to provide couple therapy. So that, that's a big difference to be able to know to have the field refined enough to say you you can't just go to any type of treatment and have it help. Be careful.
1: Yes, yeah. And to work with therapists who have had success in couple therapy makes a big difference too because they have the experience to know when it's on track and when it's not,
0: I imagine. They have a model, a format. They know where they're going. They know how to get there and they have experience doing it.
1: Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader?
0: Being able to collaborate in a way that everyone can be creative
1: and how do you approach things to make sure that everyone is bringing forth their best in a project?
0: Regular checking in and scheduled checking in, but not over-managing. So weekly, like weekly checking in, making sure that everyone has the support that they need and they're on board um, and they're they're feeling supported. And, um, you know, there's a net for them there if they need the help, but they have a lot of freedom to go about their projects in their own method.
1: Mm. And from the books I've read from Dan Pink who's all about employee engagement and Mm -hmm. engagement in the workplace, he says that freedom ranks higher than money. (laughs) Absolutely. And what people are looking for from their work. Mm -hmm. So that's incredibly vital. But I like how there's also a structure of yours keeping aware of what's going on just on a weekly basis. There's nothing threatening in that. But that also allows them to get the support that they need because sometimes people don't reach out. For support, so the weekly check-ins provide the structure where they can get it, even if they're hesitant to
0: ask for it. Support and accountability are both very important. So my folks know that we have a pretty open relationship. I want to be built on having fun together, having, you know, that we have similar values. I really think it's important to surround yourself with people, whether they're virtual employees and assistants whoever they are, with people that support you and your mission, that they are they feel like they're on that same mission. So family, faith, fun, like those are all important things that they know that I'm about.
1: Huge. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership?
0: Well, I really like the work of Sue Johnson, Love Sense. And it talks about the most important thing about that book, I think in the relation of leadership, because it is geared towards couples, but we'll see this pattern that people get involved in and you can do it in companies and corporations and in, in anywhere there's a grouping or a pairing of people. So understanding our emotions and if we get reactive, the impact of that on others and how to be grounded and centered, I think is real important. So love sense by Sue Johnson. And then I, really love virtual freedom by Chris Ducker as well if I can slip a second one in
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will allow it yes I bought I bought that on audiobook and for anyone who's curious virtual freedom written, written by Chris Ducker is all about hiring and supporting a virtual team or you know member if it's just one person but what I found Becca, I don't know um, what version you bought I bought the audiobook and there's a lot of information that I stopped listening to it and I <laughs> So I told myself I will bring, I'll pick this back up again when I buy the physical book. Mm-hmm. Then I can flip through it, write notes, highlight the areas that are important to me, and I found that to be true. I love audiobooks, but I found for me if there's a lot of technical information in them, I need the physical book.
0: Yes, the physical book or the ebook so you can yes. make notes. And so I usually com- use those together. I really mm-hmm. like to use the combination. I do
1: too. I did that with, um, a book recently. It was was.com secrets. Um, mm-hmm. and I bought, they had an option where you could get the book, but then you could buy the audio version and it was a little pricey, but I would, I thought this is definitely worth it. And it was, it was huge to be listening
0: to it and reading it at the same time. Yeah, it's kind of getting all your senses involved in at one time. And I think it really, help solidify the quickness with which we're able to integrate the information.
1: Yes, it was was amazing. At the end of that book, I felt like I knew exactly what I needed to do, Mm -hmm. which isn't always the case.
0: (laughs) All right, Becca, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, well, much sooner to have a sense that I could get help for the hard things. Really, that there are people that can mentor you, that can coach you, that can support you, that help you. And to not be ashamed about getting help. I was really, really felt ashamed in my younger years about having help, having a team, having support. So I think that's huge. Get help sooner for the hard things. And asking for it. Mm
1: And I think that's why I kept driving back to the weekly meetings that you have. That's so huge because a lot of times people are struggling and they don't reach out because they don't want to bother us or they don't want to look like they can't handle what they're working on. And we all go through that at times where we we just feel stuck or we're not getting inspiration. But when we check in with other people and we ask for help, we find that we sometimes we just needed to talk about it out loud and we're over it. And sometimes they know something that we don't know. So that's huge. That's great. We,
0: we grow up so much in a culture that says, do it on your own, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get it done. Right. So <laughs> right. many times we just don't even know how to ask for help. And if we, if we don't feel ashamed of needing the help, then we don't have really experience of how to ask in a way that doesn't demean us or make the other person feel like they're doing something wrong. So I think it's really important to have a forum where people can feel supported enough that they can let you know what they're working on that they need help with.
1: Yes, and I I wish we could hear from more successful people to talk about, write about, share about all the support they've gotten along the way because I guarantee you, if you show me a successful person, they have hundreds of people around them who help them to get to where they are. Absolutely, it's impossible to get anywhere without
0: on our own, really.
1: (laughs) Right. 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 All right, Becca, share with us a success quote or a mantra
0: and why it has meaning for you. So that takes me right, what we're talking about takes me right to my quote. My mom used to say when I was growing up, I was a young reader, early reader. She used to say, if you can read, you can do anything, which just actually isn't true. So (laughs) um, really, I've changed that myself to if you can rely on others, you can do everything you dream. Wow. I'm writing it down. (laughs) I love that. All right, Becca, lastly, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? I'd love for people to go to my website. I have RebeccaJorgensen.com or livinginlove.us, like us, livinginlove.us. So those are a couple of easy ways to reach me.
1: And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. And Becca, thank you so much for taking the time to
0: inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thanks so much, Jody. It's been great to be on your show. And I think you have a link as well for people to get a free download from me about love and leadership tips For your show guests so they can text 33444 to taking the lead.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Becca, and have a good day. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas, you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching, or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes.